Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, joining us right now from the Philly Voice does an excellent job, and it's been an eventful week for sure, but does an excellent job covering the Philadelphia Eagles would be Jimmy Kemsky. Jim, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Yeah, thanks. My apologies for the uh, technical difficulties there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no problem, man. I, I appreciate it. Jim, so obviously, um, you know, you're. we all know you in the city, uh, and you're a well-respected uh, scribe, but you're, you went you went national this week. You, you, you went <laughs> you went big time, man. Uh, l- <laughs> let me play the scenario for you, because I thought your, your reaction afterwards was a very interesting one, and I want to get kind of where you are having a few days to marinate on this, but I'm, I'm going to play yeah, sure. the, the back and forth that you had with Doug Peterson earlier this week. Here you go. <laughs> we got the gist of it. I got the gist of it. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. So Jim, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will give you props. Like a lot of guys would have been angry, whatever your reaction afterwards was like, eh, look, I get it. It happens. I'm not even mad at Doug. So h- how do you feel <laughs> a few days later, not to put words in your mouth, but how do you feel a few days later after hearing that? Yeah, I kind of feel like his message there was more like it's hard to play quarterback in the NFL more than it was you're an idiot media guy who doesn't know what he's looking at. <laughs> you know, like that's just kind of how like I saw that. Uh-huh. Um, certainly you and I and any you know football fan can look at the difference between certain throws that a quarterback makes during the course of the game, and they can identify which ones are tougher throws, and they can identify which ones are easier throws. Right. And a lot of the throws that Carson Wentz is missing are unquestionably on the easier side, at least as it pertains to NFL throws. Like, if I were to be put on the field and, you know, tasked with making a quote-unquote layup throw, you know, maybe I don't make that throw. Right. But certainly an NFL quarterback, good, bad, you know, indifferent, could make some of the throws that Wentz is missing. I think layup triggered him. Like, would, in hindsight, would you <laughs> yeah. choose a different uh, <laughs> word in, in that scenario? No, no, I, I, okay. I'm totally fine with the word I use there because okay. some of them are layups, yep. you know? And well, sometimes basketball players miss layups and sometimes quarterbacks miss easy throws. Jim, you know, t- t- tell, me if I'm, an apt comparison. tell me if I'm misreading this. I, I think, too, part of it is you have to understand the backdrop, right? So he's coming off of an appearance with <laughs> Angelo. And then, you know, his press conference on what later on Monday, where he sort of gave you that when someone asked him similar and maybe different wording and he would he would say, yeah, why? Why is Carson missing those throws? It's a good question. That leads you to believe. (laughs) Right. uh, I hear you, man. He should be making those throws. Do you think (laughs) it was also his way of kind of having his guys back sort of to an extent? Yeah, I think he's defending his quarterback, of course. Mm -hmm. And and the question, you know, like the at the time during that press conference that I asked it, like it was like the you know, second or third last question that he was getting. Yeah. So he's already like 12 minutes deep in, <laughs> into like a, a bunch of hard questions that already came way, came his way after an 0-2 start, of course. So, you know, he was a little, uh, 
he was he was a little grumpy, <laughs> I think for sure, and uh, I think he'd had enough by then. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, your your point is right. Like you know, Angelo or whoever gets him early in the day, and he's uh, you know a little fresher, not so worn down by by the criticism by then. And and uh, yeah, I think it was just a matter of you no, know, we we all you know we all have I don't want to say it's a bad day for him, but like, we we all you know get aggravated at times. And I think that's just all that's he's, he's, his team is zero and two. Yeah, they're playing like crap. The quarterback has been playing well. The defense didn't play well. It's understandable that he's, you know, a little cranky. Well, let, let's forget the question itself, and let, let, let's go specifically into Carson and what's happening here because it's yep. it's ugly. I mean, there's no other way to put it, Jim. And, I, look, I've been a big believer in him. I, I've, I, I'm I not giving up on him. I still think that Carson Wentz, there's a lot in there, and we've seen flashes of it, but there hasn't been nearly consistent enough. But this, this is different. This is really real bad. I mean, decision-making, awful, execution, awful, uh, you know, passer rating, <laughs> awful. What's happening here? How, how did we get to this point against I, – I understand the Washington game, you could kind of chalk it up to it was a mess, the line, et cetera. He was, you know, equally bad last week too. For sure. I thought he was worse week two than he was week one. Week one you could at least, you know, make it a little bit of an excuse for him in that their offensive line didn't play as well or, you know, maybe more accurately. They played against a defensive line that was awesome. Like the, the – the you know the Washington team, they come at you a different way than the Rams do. Like Washington has like seven guys that yeah. can get to the quarterback, so they're really deep. In addition to be really, in, in addition to being really talented, week two you have Aaron Donald, of course, who's probably the best defensive player in the NFL. But you can kind of, if you can focus on taking him away, and you're successful at doing that, then the other guys really aren't going to hurt you. And I think the Eagles did a great job actually on you know, negating Aaron Donald and mm-hmm. the other guys didn't capitalize on getting to Carson Wentz. And I, like in the clip that you just played, I said that he got knocked down, I think once uh, last night, like when I got a little better look at it, like when I watched, you know, all the film and stuff, it was actually three times, which still is a very low number. He didn't get sacked at all. Yeah. So he had all day to throw. And like, just when you look at like the, the throwing lanes that he had, and the space between himself and the next closest defender when he was releasing the football, he had clean pockets all day. So it's really just a matter of him in week two missing throws. I mean, just missing throws that are there that he should make. And, you know, an average quarterback in the NFL should make. Week one, it was more, uh, like you said, the bad decision-making, like not throwing the ball away. I thought the sack that he took that knocked him out of field goal range was a really bad one. So, yeah, I mean, he's just not playing well at all. And it's hard to kind of give answers when there are so many different things that are going wrong with his game right now. And, and that's the thing. I mean, he's in his fifth year now. Like, if this was 2016 yeah. and he was making some of these decisions, you say to yourself, right, look, he's a rookie, it's an experience, right. et cetera. He's had an entire offseason where he's been healthy. You know, in years past, it was always oh, rehabbing from the knee. He's rehabbing from the back. Like, it, 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 it doesn't – the excuses are out the window at this point. Like, we shouldn't be seeing this. And how much of this is – just flat out him not getting the job done is it a, is it maybe a stale approach offensively where do you where do you you know where does the fault lie here yeah it's a good question i thought their game plan was i mean i guess it's fine like the rams were taking away the deep ball so you know if people were a little upset or confused why they didn't take deep shots given the you know all the resources they put into you know finding more speed on the outside getting Deshaun Jackson back, drafting a guy like Jalen Rager in the first round. You'd expect them to take more shots than they did. They were really playing their safeties deep. 
and they're just making them beat them underneath, and they just weren't able to do it because he was inaccurate. So, you know, I, I think that week one, for sure, the game plan wasn't great. They didn't do enough to help the offensive line uh, be successful when they were clearly going to be overmatched against Washington's defensive line. Like, they didn't get Carson on the move at all. They didn't try to get him out of the pocket. They didn't try to move the pocket. They didn't do a lot of different things that you can do to help a, a struggling offensive line. Week two, I think, is really just more, like I said, like the like the, the excuses kind of going away uh, for Wentz. And it, it's it's just been really bad across the board offensively, except for you know really that, that first half against Washington. Since then, they've just been a really bad unit offensively. Like you look at football outsiders and sort of those like advanced metrics, DVOA, they're last in the league in offense. They're last in the league overall, like 32nd in both categories in the NFL. So, I mean, there's really – Nothing you can take away. I mean, the running game looked a little bit better in week two, I guess. But other than that, there's there's really not much that you can point to in the offense that, that you can kind of say, well, at least they have that. Yeah, it's troubling for sure. We're speaking with Jimmy Kemsky, Philly voice. So, Jim, let's go to the other side of the ball. And, it, you know, 66 points allowed. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, you're trying to figure out why this team has an inability to consistently get to the quarterback with all the money they have tied up in that defensive line, why this team can't create turnovers, which has been an issue for years here. Uh, and, and, look, we've seen bad stretches, but that the way they opened that game, and I know Sanders fumbling you know, set him up with a short field, but that was complete destruction, what McVay did to Schwartz in that defense. How do you explain that one? Yeah, well, Jim Schwartz came out and admitted that he had a bad game plan <laughs> into that game, and they changed things up, I guess, a little bit uh, after they were down in a 21 to whatever it was uh, hole at the time. I think it was 21-3, and they changed things up, and it got a little bit better. But, yeah, for sure, they, they came in, and, and uh, McVay kind of owned Schwartz in that game. You look at week one, you can make – again, you've got to make some excuses in week one for the defense in that all five of Washington's drives – so the scoring drives started in Eagles territory. And then, as you mentioned, Sanders fumbled uh, week two. And, again, the, the sixth scoring drive of the season against them once again begins in their own end. But then thereafter, like, the Rams really had no problem putting together longer longer scoring drives uh, that, that Washington was able to do the week before. So, yeah, I mean, the, the defense is certainly a big concern. Darius Slay has been good. Uh, Malik Jackson has been Okay. But other than that, they're really just not getting much from anybody. I mean, the defensive line, as you mentioned, you have so many, you have so much resources put into that unit. You know, when you look at money, Fletcher Cox is the highest paid player on the team, uh, at least in terms of um, uh, their salary cap number this year. You have Derek Barnett, who they invested a first-round pick in. Javon Hargrave, Gates signed him to, to a big deal this offseason. He was not good at all week two. Um, who am I missing here? And then Brandon Graham is sort of a constant. And, and Derek Barnett, who's, who's your 14th overall pick in, in 2017, who's either hurt or giving you nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they've just put so many resources in that defensive line, and that defensive line isn't giving them enough for what the Eagles put into it. Yeah. So I, I guess the question is, Jim, is this just, you know, bad start, uh for whatever, I mean, Doug actually brought yes. up the fact that, they, well, no, right, just stop right there. Yes, it is a bad side. Now, is it more of uh, just playing poorly right now, but they're certainly capable of figuring this thing out, or maybe they're just not that good? What, what's your sense right now? Yeah, I'd lean more toward they're just not that good. Okay. But, you know, they can climb out of it. Maybe it starts week three, of course, when you have, you know, a bottom five 
uh, NFL franchise coming into your building and the Cincinnati Bengals. And granted, they spent a first round, you know, first overall pick and a, and a quarterback that looks pretty talented in Joe Burrow. But this is a team that clearly they should beat. I mean, easily. You know, this should be a team that they just easily handle. So we'll see what happens week three. Uh, if they go down week three, then I think everyone in the city is really just going to be talking about them being sellers at the trade deadline and everything. You know, because you have week four, five, and six, you're in San Francisco, you're in Pittsburgh, and then you have you know Baltimore. some people think it's the best team in the NFL in yeah. the Baltimore Ravens. Some people would disagree, say it's the Chiefs. Regardless, you know, certainly one of the best teams in the NFL. So you have like the schedule gets really hard after this week three game. It's a you know it's a it's a must win. If if they lose, then people are just going to totally check out on this season. And if they win, you know they're supposed to win. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward that core that they had from that super the, the remaining core that they had from that from that Super Bowl season just doesn't look like it's worth building around at this point anymore. And then you look forward the 2021 uh, salary cap situation that they're in, where they're going to have to shed a lot of contracts and, and they're not at a minimum, they're not going to really be able to add much to this core. So there's a pretty good argument that if this season kind of goes sideways, it's probably time to blow it up. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's troubling, man, because you, you, I, eventually you're going to pay the piper for, for, for missing in the draft. And, and there's been, Years and years, with a couple of exceptions, you know, the Sanders, et cetera. But there have been far too many misses here, and eventually that's going to catch you. And it feels like it's almost coming to roost at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a, it starts there for sure. You look at, you know, their drafts from 2017 on. 2017 looks particularly brutal right now. Uh, but, you know, you look at those drafts, and they don't have enough young players that are contributing positively uh, to the outcomes of games right now. You know, have Miles Sanders. You have Dallas Goddard. Beyond that, like there isn't much. Mm-hmm. So it's crucial that you hit on these draft picks because they're also cheap talent for the first four years of their career. At you know, at which point you can extend them or or whatever, and they get paid. But uh, yeah, for for if you don't hit on these draft picks, and then on top of it, you have to give your quarterback, you know, in Carson Wentz's case, thirty-two, thirty, thirty-three million a year. Then it becomes a little bit, a little bit more difficult. Uh, to build around him and, and field a, a, a team that can compete year in and year out. And when you miss on the draft picks, then you really don't have a chance. So, I mean, they, they really got to – I mean, we'll see what this 2020 draft class looks like, but certainly 2017, 2018, 2019, not good enough. So, Jim, with all that said, in, in the short term, tomorrow, do you, do you think they finally get off the schneid here and get a win? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I'm 0-2 picking uh, the me Eagles too. to win. Me too, man. Year. Yeah, I'm right there so. with you. Yep. <laughs> so we'll see. It's funny what the line has done in that game. I think it opened at like 6.5. Yeah. And uh, it's down to like 4.5, yeah, four, I think, four right and now. A half. Yeah, 4, 4.5, depending on where you shop. But, yeah, it's dropped. So, uh, like, when I wrote my picks post, um, you know, they're, they're favored by 6 still. So I took the Bengals and the points, you know, gladly. <laughs> and I'd probably still take them at 4.5. But, yeah, I'm going to pick them to win again. But it's, I mean, who knows? It's, it's, that Cincinnati team, by the way. So I don't know if you watched their, their Thursday night game. I did, yeah. Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they really hung tight against, uh, I think it was Chargers. Yeah. One. Yeah. Like they, they drove down, Burroughs drove them down, hit AJ Green in the end zone, was going to be, you know, sort of a, uh, it would have been a game winning touchdown, except they called offensive pass interference on AJ Green. Kicker goes out, misses like an easy, like 31 yarder yeah. that would have put it into overtime. So they lose that game. Week two, they put up 30 points on the Browns. So it's, it's, I think it's a team that believes in that quarterback. And they're dangerous enough where 
it wouldn't shock me at all if the Eagles lost this game. He's not afraid. I I I don't like his offensive line a little bit, but he's not yeah. afraid. That's for sure. I mean, the, this is a game we ju- we talked about it earlier, uh, and, and we just discussed it with you know how much resources they have tied up. If this defensive line does not eat tomorrow, if they're not making an impact tomorrow, uh, there's major problems because that they for are sure. that that Cincinnati line is not good for sure. For all right, sure, Jim. Appreciate it, man. You can follow Jimmy at Jimmy Kemsky. And, of course, check out all of his work, Philly Voice. Jim, thanks as always, man. Always good talking yep, to you. thanks, Rob. All right, Appreciate you got it. it. That is Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.